This is the 1080 Outdoors podcast with a live hunting update with Steve and I. Uh, Steve and I cover our plans for the next week or so. The final week of October is looking up to be an amazing one and Steve has gotten some big new target bucks on his property. Um, so his plan is working out the exact way that he wanted it, the way he's set up his property and how he's managed it. Um, for me, I have uh, the same bucks I've been going after. Trail cameras are, are a little slow right now, but the corn is getting cut out of the property I'm at. So it'll be interesting to see how they react the next few days after that gets cut. So we're going to jump right in here. And uh, once again, Steve Sizz joins me. And this is an update of our season so far and our plans for the next week or so i think this past week the amount of deer um activity behind my house on the cameras it's insane like it they're definitely switching their habitat and they appear to like what they found it's pretty cool so talk about what uh, the deer that you have behind there what's that talk about the deer that you have showed up yeah are we recording right now yeah i'm i started oh, recording. cool um yeah so yeah i went and checked and i um had a, a really nice heavy 10 pointer show up plus a i don't know a 12 13 14 pointer with like a little it's like paint dripping off his antlers like as i said it's pretty cool really nice buck and a whole bunch of i got a nice maybe three and a half year old nine pointer a whole bunch of two and a half year olds and uh which, which one is that one that was taken at six o'clock on like this you know it was last night shit yeah is that the heavy 10 that you're talking about? It's hard to yeah, tell. Yeah, so that, unfortunately, that was the cheapo Amazon camera, which you can tell by the picture quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a couple of them. So I actually I actually pulled that out of the woods and replaced it with a different camera um, while I was up there because uh, right away the pictures just started getting worse and worse and worse. But, yeah, so up there, this is crazy, too. I got a 70-gallon water tank, and the thing was drank dry. Like the deer just, I've never had, it's crazy. That's a big water tank. Well, that buck from October 11th to just before 5 p.m., that one looks really nice. Is that the, is that the same 10, you think? Yeah, the one that's um, the back photo. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same one. So he's by my other water hole. Yeah, so he just showed up. He's a really, really heavy, symmetrical, just cool-looking buck. So I'm happy about that. But then, like, I mean, on my cameras, I had on one camera, you know, 3,000 photos of just tons of does and a lot of deer have shown up. So wherever they were, leaves are dropping and uh, now they seem to migrate over to where I've, you know, managed it for fall habitat. So that's pretty cool. Really. Yeah. Cool. I mean, so I'm excited. Here's my conundrum now is, um, and then to it, you know, it's, um, those pictures are, they're there in the daylight. The one three and a half year old nine pointer, he's there like every day, all day. So he's living there. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, on multiple cameras, like every single day. So he's the bad thing about that is he's just loves being up in the daylight. So a neighbor's going to shoot him for sure. You know what I mean? Those deer <laughs> that are just can't stop moving around in daylight seem to get shot. Yeah. They don't make it. But, um, uh, my dilemma is on Tuesday, I was planning to go to South Dakota and chase mule deer for five or six days. So I'm will... like, <laughs> now I'm like, yeesh, I think I'm going to have to change that plan. Yeah, we'll get into it, but next week looks the later in the week. Next week started starting to look like oof, really, really good. Cold front because I didn't even look at the weather because that, that's going to determine it for me. I, I haven't even looked. Yeah, so um, 
the next few days are going to be crappy. It's going to be warmer and, and rainy, but once we hit, let me see, let me go again. I think it's Thursday next week. The pressure is going to start spiking in and then the yeah, cold fronts are going to start getting lows in like the thirties and we're entering in like, <clears throat> I know a lot of people say like the last seven days or last, uh, like four or five days of October. I, I like to just say 24th and on for me is when I start ramping up like, and like, it just, it's so like right now, the 10 day shows Thursday, the 24th is going to be a high of 46, low of 31. Friday, high 43, low 31. Saturday, high 45, low 32. So that's three days in a row of frost. Yeah, that first frost. Be, ah, yeah, I might have to stay in Wisconsin. I think, yeah. for, I think for sure that Friday, the 25th, is going to be probably my first morning hunt. Did you see um, uh, Jeff posted a video. He went the 14th. It was a cold front after that wind and rainstorm. And uh, that morning he seen 10, 10 buck sightings. Was that a really frosty morning? The very first frost of the year, just a big <clears throat> yeah. temperature drop. So it was one of his, in his 30 years of hunting, probably one of his top mornings. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of like deer movement, I, I don't know if you read it. I sent you that really cool study from Pennsylvania where they like track deer, right? So, and, um, and they, you know, they, they do these studies that are out there where they put GPS on deer and like early October, the things hardly move, right? They're just get up and then mid October, they're moving a little bit farther, but they're moving. And then, you know, second, two thirds of October, they're moving even farther. And it's like that every single year. Yeah. You know what I mean, so yeah, it's, it's all evolved around the, I mean, I guess there's, it's up in the air when it's evolved around, but. And then my, uh, you know, this October lull, they call it, but uh, yeah. a friend of mine was, it, I don't know, three, four, five days ago. Shot a great big ten pointer. I seen that photo. Yep. So, did he have any like history with that, or did yes? He give, so he, um, because my thought on this time of year, until we get to like the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and then through the first two weeks of November, is the beginning of October. First three weeks of October could end even. I would say just the first month of the season, say here in Wisconsin. So, second week of September through second week of October can be the best time to kill a buck that you have patterned on your property and you just play the cold fronts and whatever. But the problem is people call the October laws because they're never in the game as much because they're not in tight to where they're living and they might not have the, they might not have a habitat to house big bucks like that. But I'd be curious yeah. if your buddy well, said they, that he's, if he, how long he's had him on camera and stuff. Well, here's the advantage that my buddy has that I definitely don't have is he's got like six of those caliber bucks on his property. Yeah. So it's a very well managed, good neighbors. Everybody lets him grow. So that's one of those things, right? So, it, you know, for me going out, that would be like me seeing one of the hundred inches around, you know, yeah. they just have that many great big bucks running around. So what? Yeah. You know, have, an, have an older age structure there. Yeah, for just good management. It makes their hunting for them great. The one he got last year was freaking huge too because every year they got many huge bucks to choose from, which yeah. is kind of a good problem to have. Well, it makes it <laughs> it makes it makes a little bit easier than just one, one four-and-a-half-year-old or something. Right, right. Yeah, so for me, um, my cameras have eh, – I haven't had great daytime movement. Um, 
I did hunt last weekend, Saturday night, went in after the uh, buck that has a really messed up rack. And I had a few other ones over there, but I did the, I pulled the trailer out. I had a trailer platform with a blind on it that I built last year. And I was told the corn was supposed to be cut last week, Monday. So I got it all ready and was just waiting, like, because I was just going to wait till the corn got cut and pull out the same day. And I knew that south wind with that cold front was coming for Saturday and Sunday. And guy never came with the corn. So I got, I got uh, anxious and just pulled it out there and put it in front of the corn for the Saturday hunt. I put it out there on like Thursday. So not very long. And I don't know. I, I mean, there was deer moving out there, but I'm sure a mature buck wouldn't uh, would have pegged that thing and not yeah, been not coming out of the field. Yeah. So I don't know. I just backed. That's why I didn't hunt Sunday either because I just got out of there. And, uh, I, I say in the picture, I went out. I, I like to go hunt public land too, just because I like to explore new land. And I, uh, you know, I throw a stand on my back and just wherever I think is good, go up in a tree. If I show you some of this public land's crazy. I found a great food plot on um, public land. And I seen four does. I got in there a little late, but it was uh, it's fun doing that. I went and scouted another area. And uh, man, it was probably 30 acres I walked through. I didn't find a single rub or scrape. It was crazy. And you know, on a topo map, it looked good. And there was just no deer sign. It was really, really weird. And no old rubs either. I don't know if the people around there just mow them down or, or what the deal is. But uh, yeah, walking out of the woods, I don't know. What's that? I said you should be able to find scrapes and rubs right now too. Yeah, something. But uh, yeah, I fell coming out of the woods in the dark because I didn't see, know this little cliff face was there. Well, I killed myself. <laughs> what? Yeah, the actual cliff face. Oh man, I went tumbling down and yeah, it was scary. And then I get to my truck and I'm missing an arrow. I'm like, oh son of a bitch. So I went back the next day, and the damn thing was stuck in the ground, like knocked down with the blade pointing out. Like, Jesus, I'll kill myself. Oh, my God. Did you yeah. mess your bull up at all? I don't think so. Um, like, you were actually like, tumbling, rolling down a hill. Oh, yeah. Like, I ended up on my face and stomach, just planted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, it was just all, you know, I'm just – it was stupid. I'm walking in the dark and I had a light. I'm like, ah, I don't need, I can, I can do it in the dark. You know, I'm whatever, stupid. And you know, you go, you take a step and there's nothing under there and you just yeah. go fucking face first, tumbling down. And uh, yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. I hung a stand yesterday by myself and the, there's a ladder stand in those bars that go oh, up like Jesus. halfway up the ladder, you know? Yeah. I would never do a ladder stand alone. Well, yeah. The issue was I, I didn't have, I left a screw somewhere to keep that, um, like the center bar tight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I go up and it was like, Fuck that. yeah, it was, I ended up rigging it up and got it done. I just got to bring a screw back out and get that, that, uh, <laughs> that pole tightened, but that bar. that's going to be yeah. a really good spot. And you still, that's, that's in your uncle's land. Yeah. And then the place you leased, you just haven't had anything worth chasing? Uh, there are a couple bucks that showed up, but they're at night. So nothing on day daylight yet. We sat down there Saturday morning. Didn't really see anything. Um, I don't know. See, that, that area is flirting with the EHD. Oh, really? It was, so. 
I I haven't found any bucks dead in the creeks around us, but I also haven't like dove deep down into the property either. Right. The one thing too on I on uh, my little forty is man, I got a, a good fifteen twenty acres of it that I just cut down a bunch of gnarly mess, and I haven't set foot in there, and I don't have any cameras in there. So there's a chance too there could be a really nice buck um, that I've never seen, right? Because I mean you only have um, three cameras out in 40 acres, you can very well miss nice bucks that are like spending a lot of time in there. Well, it's interesting, especially this time of year too. It's when you sit out there and you're actually in a stand and maybe your camera is like within an eyesight of where you are, you realize how many deer move and they just don't step in front of the camera. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I was just talking to my brother on the phone. He's so he's got five cameras out by his house and he's got these two bucks on one camera. And that's it. So somehow they always miss the other four. So you just never know, right? So I'm excited about that because I, 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 mean, I definitely I think bucks avoid them too. After that, they, like sometimes they get they get a little spooky about them. So I mean, all they got to do is walk behind them. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had pictures when I've used cheaper cameras that you know make noise, or especially the older ones that flashed, where it's like, and you do that like that three picture burst. Mm-hmm. So the first picture they're standing there. The second picture, they're looking right at the camera, and then the third picture is a blur as they're exploding out of there. And, <laughs> and, never, is, and they never get that picture taken again. Never, and you never see them again. And then that camera gets thrown in the garbage, and uh, get the good blackout, the quiet ones. But um, yeah, I you know what those cameras because I got a couple of you know they're expensive brand cameras, and they do work so much better. It's I might just break down and splurge on a few more of those because. Uh, the lucky thing with, with my property, it's hard to access. So I've, I've yet, knock on wood, to have a trespasser because they they'd have to work pretty hard to trespass. Yeah, that wouldn't be easy unless they came from that field. Yeah, that's there. right. They came, <clears throat> But even then, like, that's a long walk. I suppose someone could – yeah, they really can't drive back there until uh, the crops are – even then, like the – that standing corn right now? Beans. Beans. It's beans. And then, too, there's a, I mean, way, you know, it's a big field. There's a gate that's always locked that uh, that the farmer keeps locked. So I don't even think the only way the guys who lease it could get back there is a long ass walk. So. Oh, that's that's right. They lease it. Yep. Yeah, you probably don't have to worry about them that much then. No, I'm not too worried. So that's, yeah, I might get some more nice ones out there. But that being said, like that 20 acres, I just leave it. You know, I, I, I'm farting around with it, you know, summertime or whatever. But, um, like when you walked with me is about uh, probably the last time I've uh, yeah, been even close to going in there. Yeah. And I'd say and we weren't even down in it, you know? Yeah. And I, I might, so <clears throat> here's my plan. And anyone that's listening, this is, this would be a good idea. Sunday could be a good, good day to sit. Um, I'm going to the Packer game, so I don't have to worry about deciding, but Saturday is going to rain. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday is going to have rain. And then you're going to have that high pressure following behind it with clear skies and that cool, cooler weather. So if you were to have a situation where you needed to set a stand or check some stuff or trail cameras, whatever, the next five days is a good time to do it with the rain coming, wash away some scent, and then um, just sit back and observe too. Like I know Ryan waiting, the corn's getting cut tonight. It's supposed to, the rest of it. And I always spend a couple of days – getting my eyes on those cut cornfields because they do, they do give away a lot. I mean, that's how we got Jed's buck last year. The corn got cut and sat back for two days, watched 
deer pile out into the cornfield and a certain certain little finger that runs up into the field and we set a hung a stand there and sat it same time and shot a buck 20 minutes later oh I swear. so yeah that's that's kind of my thought especially on private land like if you have these <clears throat> ridge top where you can see and observe do that your stuff you just kind of have to sit there and <laughs> think yeah. about all these deer that are just looking at you while you're sitting at your house yeah 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 no i my plan is um yeah, this weekend I can't. I got conferences, but uh, next week, the first day that it's supposed to be cold, if I decide to stay in Wisconsin, and I'll wait until like Monday to decide because you know, weatherman forecasts yeah. tend to change quite a bit. Um, and then too, it depends on like if it's terrible weather out in South Dakota. For some reason, if it's not windy, for example, I'm not even gonna bother because trying to sneak up on a mule deer when there's no wind is damn near impossible. And, uh, but then, yeah, first cold front, man. If I know it's going to be cold, I'll get up in the morning and sit. I sit on the edges on the ridge top. Um, it's a shitty access, but the deer, I don't know. I try to approach it like there's deer up there. You know how when you spot and stalk your mule deer, how you approach that deer? Yeah. So I, I try and do that. I try to, pre you know, I, I convince myself that there's a deer over where they're supposed to be. So I sneak in behind the hill on the backside and sneak around and just slink up into the stand and hope for the best and now that i know there's some decent ones roaming around it's it's uh it's yeah it's a lot more fun that's what i, I learned so much from mule hunting because you'd assume that white tail are are similarly like skilled and hearing smelling um i would say and the smarter. way they bed yeah smarter I, I would say definitely smarter but when you notice like it's crazy because you Mule deer hunting is the worst because mentally you have to tell yourself all the time, next next hill, next corner, like act like they're there, act like they're there. Cause then you just you let your guard up for one second and then one jumps fifteen yards away from you. Cause you like you think about it and you're like, if that deer was right there, how would they not have busted like when I was thirty yards back and I like made a noise? But right. they sit tight like that and like it's or they're sleeping and they don't have any awareness, like how many mule How many mule deer have you seen that just are passed out asleep, and they yeah, have no, no clue what's happening around them? Like I'm sure white tail are the way. The hardest part is, especially mule deer, is just you get lazy and complacent. So you'll go two, yeah. three, four, five, six hours without seeing anything. It's like God, there's no deer here. And then the next step, a buck jumps out, yeah, thirty yards away, and it's like God. Oh yeah, it. sitting on the stands. But yeah, so I try and approach the stand very sneakily. And then, too, one thing, I don't know, for people listening that I was just talking to someone earlier about this, too, is when I was younger, I would try, you know, you find all this deer sign, like, deep in. Like, oh, I got to hunt in here. But you just scare everything out as you're getting in, right? So now I set up everything kind of on the fringes, and I just have to have them come towards me because getting deep in, especially in valley bottoms where the wind swirls, it just never ever worked, and I—it's kind of embarrassing when I think how much time younger Steve spent <laughs> sitting in stands. That now I would be like, man, that's terrible. There's no way you're gonna see any deer. You know what I mean? I was still—I mean, well, think about the prototypical place, like dead center in a big hardwood, like down in a valley. Looks cool. There's tons of sign. Exactly. You see a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's terrible. Oh, throw some milkweed down there. Throw your scent checker around and see what happens once your wind Just gets, watch it gets 20 yards. Everywhere. Yep. Yeah. 
that's a really good analogy I like. And I learned this actually um, uh, taking flight lessons, oddly enough. But so turbulence. So we, we flew in a circle in the plane, and then you go, da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. you bounce over your own waves you made, just like if you're in a boat, like you want a circle in a boat. And that's exactly what air does. So if you're watching a stream, and there's like a band with a rock in it, and you see how the water just swirls around. I mean, that's exactly what the air is doing in like those valleys, right? Mm -hmm. So over the years, I've learned to stay on the fringes and don't spook the damn deer going in, and then really play the thermals. So in the morning, the you know the sun the, the, the sun's coming up, the temperature's going up, so your scent goes up the ridge top, up in the air, and um, you can almost, you can really cheat wind directions as long as you're on that edge of a ridge. It's, freaking awesome and i didn't figure that out until way later than i probably should have yeah and that and that and that uh hillside up above your your place is perfect for it because you got such a big that's a big valley um yeah because i i i 100 same way any if i'm ever in the woods my back is to a well not necessarily my back but like my setup is down leeward side of the hill wind coming over and uh, it's got to be a big ditch because you do get away with everything down there. Like, they cannot smell you. I That's crazy. Deer, you walk right underneath you because it's too steep for them to get on their scent. And then the hillside across the ditch from you is too far away where your your wind is not kicking back. Because I've had that, too, where you try it on a little, maybe a little bit more narrow ditch or something. Mm -hmm. And that wind will kick back and you'll get blowing on the other hillside or even below you. But yeah well, man it's a great good, a, a good thing to do too is um if, you, if you're out and i i learned this one time I, I still haven't got like a great setup from this but if it's a big hill like that and you got like a 20 mile an hour wind go down like three quarters of the way and stop and check your scent and your uh, wind and the wind should be hitting you right in the face coming over your head and there's this big giant circular thing going on down there and in your Literally, there's a spot in there where it's, the wind's in your face, but overhead, it's over, it's going away. So you're in like, they can't, they can't wind you. It's like that sweet spot. You just got to find it. And that's where, that, that same topography line is where a lot of bucks bed too. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, they take advantage of the same thing that we, we do. Well, they're a hundred times better than we are at it. That's something too with the all day sits coming up. Um, and I used to do this too, but I won't anymore as I'd sit in the same stand all day but now i think it's better in the morning more of a ridge side catching them where they might be bedding and then midday move to where an afternoon spot where a catch where a buck might be checking trails as where, where they might be going to feeding that makes sense yeah oh yeah because i used to uh you know i would just sit in the same spot all day and that yeah i think it's a better strategy to move move midday if you do do an all-day sit yeah and i'd say uh I've caught a lot of bucks trying to hit heading towards water middle of the day, 11 to 1 p.m. I suppose a place with water. They're thirsty chasing around the, the woman all day. I oh, saw yeah. how this was something that here's an interesting fact, right? That um, learned from the MSU people, Mississippi State University, that uh, so they did this really cool study where they would take like young bucks and cut their horns off and then like screw huge horns to their to the stubs. And the does would the does seek out bigger bucks, so it's not just that does are always running away. Like they're selective too; they want deer with big antlers to breed. Isn't that really? Cool? Yeah, and it's a really cool study. They said it was really hard because they fight, right? So they had to figure out how to attach 
like these huge antlers to the small antlers without them breaking off when they're fighting each other. But yeah, it's really cool. See, like, do it's not just bucks, like does run away from bucks. It's that the does like, hey, I want to find me a big, big buck to uh, to breed with, which is yeah, really interesting. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're creatures of genetics and habit, so they want their offspring to be have the best genetics. Yeah, to be studs, man. They um, they have says I've been having two on my camp. It's crazy how many bucks are sparring. I don't think they're maybe they're not fighting crazy hard, but they're sparring just on my three cameras, like tons of them. So they must just be like fighting all over the damn place right now. I've had a really weird amount too ever since they lost their velvet. Like every. It's been like nonstop. Yeah, it's crazy. God, part yeah. of me wants to get out too. Just I, one of my two favorite things, bow hunting, is when you hear a grunt but you don't see it. Oh it's, God! I absolutely. It's like the greatest sound ever because <laughs> there's always this hope that he is a ginormous buck, right? Yeah, and 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 it doesn't matter. Like there's no, there is no like, like correlation with the the noise and the deepness no. of the grunt to the sides. It's like never. One time I heard. Like stand up, bow ready, and a, and a freaking fork comes running through. It's like what? You did not. And I'm like, okay, there's something behind him. And then he makes the noise right there. I'm like, what? Yeah. How the hell did that come out of here? And then I've had big bucks. They're like, eh, eh. <laughs> That's the most nervous I get. I think is when I hear a grunt and I don't see it. It's like, oh my god, this is the big. You know, it's the big one. And then it's the fucking forky with a deep voice. Oh, it's but just, that and then it's funny I, how you just automatically stand up to just right here looking around. Oh, oh I love man. it. And then the other greatest sound is when you hear two bucks just going after it. And uh, I, I still regret there's one time down in the valleys. I mean, you know how you can kind of hear a lot of tines, right? And they were just fucking branches breaking. They were going after it. I don't know. I, I'm like, God, I should get out of my stand because they – they wouldn't recognize. I think they were just too pissed off at each other to recognize someone coming in on them, but I didn't, and I have no idea what they were. But man, they were. That was an awesome sound. Just going. Hey man, October 29th last year, did a morning sit after Jed killed his buck the night before, and that big the my number one buck last year that ended up getting shot opening uh, day that went 165. That's the first time I saw him on the hoof. And he came up, uh, destroyed a like sounded like a freaking freight chain train, and he was right on the inside edge of a field, and we were on the other side of the field, and there was a doe that had us pinned down. So, but I'll never forget like what he sounded like walking the length of that field, an absolute freight train, just every noise he was possibly making made it. Then he comes out on the far side of the field, destroys a tree, turns around, and it was a giant brawl for like twenty minutes just crashing just like like you thought someone died down there oh. and uh see i, wonder I, said, if anyone... I said the same thing i was just watching that footage and i turned around and Jen, i'm like guys want to go down like we should just run just run across the field right now because like they were probably just like within oh, 40 so yards of the field edge yeah i guess it, i mean i don't know i'm sure someone's tried that before and it sounds good maybe it doesn't work but if that happens again i'm gonna try it like if i hear two bucks like you know I mean, when they're just well, and it was it was it. dumb too because like my thought was like I should, but this buck has been all over the farm and it's only October like twenty seventh or eighth, whatever it was. Like I'll get another chance at him, which I did, but I couldn't. I, we I because who 
can you imagine the buck he was fighting with? I mean, exactly. there's other, there other five-year-olds and six-year-olds out there, so I'm, I can I can assume which one he was fighting with. But And even if you don't get it, just to get close enough to see those two bucks fighting would be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah if, I, if I get the opportunity like, again. He was on, like, his far, far end of where I, I assumed his, his, like, main, like, living range is. He was, like, on the far end. Hey, I didn't even have ever, ever have trail cam pictures of him over there, and I had trail cam pictures of him on every camera I had on the core area where he was. So, and and I think I connected the dots later that later after I pulled all the trail cameras, and he had traveled like he had went from all the way like as far as you can possibly go on the one side of the farm, like past the barn where I had him like that evening, to where we had him was all the way down like a mile and a half away coming back that next morning and i think i had a picture of him like in the middle of the night somewhere so like he was all he was doing was just out of control like cruising yeah just testosterone rage two things first question i got two things um one's a question one's a tip that i'm going to give to people actually it's for myself but do you think there's any big bucks in wisconsin uh in the southern half of the state maybe not in the big northern forest but that haven't been wounded or missed by a hunter i think it's even (laughs) possible I mean, there's so many damn hunters in the woods, and those deer are running around all over hell. Like, is it possible for them to get mature without getting without being shot at? I I think it is because I think that there are deer that are very. I think there's enough deer that if they got guided correctly when they were young, that they know like gunshots happen and they hide. Like, I think there's a group of deer that do that that are smart. I mean, there's so, cause when I go anywhere I walk, there's fucking stands everywhere. You know what I mean? Like any public yeah. land, any, well, just I, like, and I think it depends like a lot on where you're, where you're hunting, like out by my uncle's place. Like, I think it's possible. Even with your neighbors and everything. Like our neighbors aren't bad. That's why that place uh-huh. has gotten so good. That's cause a lot it. of our neighbors are a lot of our neighbors. They're hunt like not because they're trying to grow big deer just because like, kids moved away, people are getting yep. older, like stuff like that. People aren't hunt. There isn't much hunting pressure out there. Plus we had a couple, like there's people around there that are actually legitimately like managing. Right. That's but, my problem, man, is neighbors. But, huh. Cause, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I did shit. The buck my brother got last year, um, he had a pic, it just disappeared last year. So he figured he got shot in the late in the season. He got a photo of it and it had like this hole through its back. Like there's no way this deer's gonna live, and they lived, and he ended up getting it the next year. It's crazy Just in that dead spot must have been. Yep, right through you know above the vitals and below the spine. No man's land, yeah. My other thing is a tip. It's actually for myself, and as uh, and I think a lot of guys do this, and I just thought of myself for doing this, is I'll shoot my bow and practice, 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 and then all of a sudden get mid season and you forget to practice, and uh, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna make a goal to shoot every day until I go sit again because um. With some clothes on. Yeah, man. Put your hunting clothes on, shoot. Um, you know, and then it's good, too, to pull back and hold for a 30 count and shoot because that's happened to me before where I pull back and then the fucker stops and I'm, like, sitting there holding my bow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Different angles, different things. But just shoot. <clears throat> just get on and shoot. I, mean, I, I don't know how many guys I talk to. It's like, oh, I missed my damn release or rest didn't come off it's like well you dip shit you obviously haven't shot your bow in a while that's you know kind of your fault there right check your peep you know what i mean i sometimes you walk through the woods i've had it where i don't know how it happens but something like moves my peep a little bit and uh you know that wouldn't be cool if you draw back your peeps at a slight angle 
you know so yeah, yeah get on shoot back draw back in the tree and like look and we'll talk yourself through it yes and just shoot all the time i just figure the fucking pro athletes pro basketball players practice free throws every damn day i should just take a few shots every single day and then two i've learned over the years too is uh a lot of times less is more so i used to shoot you know 80 arrows 100 arrows and it's just foolish because then it's not realistic for one but two it's just like when i used to take a lot of batting practice eventually you get a little bit tired and your form goes to shit and then your confidence goes to shit and it's just slaying eight ten twelve arrows and that's a different one, that's a different kind counts. of tired than you shooting like and holding for 30 seconds well way different yeah, yeah. it's just and so it's not even doesn't transition at all no it's foolish so yeah so now i'll just um and i'm i get but that being said right i get it so when i was younger and i lived in town it's you know i'd have to drive somewhere to shoot so being that i drove somewhere i'd shoot a lot of arrows but now i can just go on my deck sling eight twelve arrows get built kind of shooting's like uh it's like baseball softball basketball whatever i find so much of it is it's a mental game so if i put a couple arrows good shots in and stop it's just i'm confident if I don't shoot for a while, it's like, you know what I mean? So yeah, go shoot people. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't like black out and forget everything that you've been doing the last few months. Yeah. Leave your bow sitting for, you know, once season starts, you haven't shot in six weeks and then you get that one sixty, twenty-five yards quarter and away and you freaking pull it and shoot him in the shoulder or shoot him in the ass cheek or pretty much I've done it all. So <laughs> you already hear my dumbest i don't know if this is my dumbest one of my dumbest bow hunting stories i fucking saved i had a really a spot i was pumped up for the rut so i saved it to a nice cold front morning snuck in there all excited brought my little handsaw because there's just in case there's one little branch that i had to cut and uh as i saw through the branch my hand pulled through and my saw hit my string and my string cut in half, my bowl just fell to the ground. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm just sitting in my tree with my stringless bow laying on the ground. <laughs> oh, I remember taking it to lacrosse archery. I'm like, God, Anthony, I don't even want to admit this. This is so fucking stupid. But amazingly, it wasn't the first time he's heard that. So that made me feel a little better about myself. Well, that's a given. I'm sure there's never. Hey, I, I, my, my dumbest one I've ever had is my roommate brought a new bow home. He just bought it. And I was like, sweet, sweet. And he was like a little bit smaller than me, but quite a bit's like shorter and like less, you know, I'm like, sweet, draw it back. It just comes like right out of my fingertips. Dry fired it. First day <laughs> the guy had it. That's a good friend. I just looked at him like, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that. Like that was insane. <laughs> I did one time too. I was, uh, I was first time hunting this farm. Guy I played softball with. I get up my tree. And I'm like, fuck! I forgot my release. I'm like, I'm here. I'm just gonna sit. And then I had like a pretty nice buck right in front of me, which if I had my release, I probably would have shot it right. And um, but I didn't, obviously. And then as I'm getting out of my stand, my one cargo pocket was my release the whole time. The fuck it is sit in my pocket for an entire night and i wasn't smart enough to even check it i have um <laughs> i have a extra release that i just have hooked on to my backpack and it stays there forever no I, it was, the experiences <laughs> like that though like i won't leave my garage or anything without that thing strapped to my wrist 
And then as yeah. soon as I'm done hunting, it gets strapped to the bow. So it's either attached to my wrist or the bow 24 seven. And oh, then too, I've gotten, have you ever had, especially during the rut, this happened to me, oh, it was like three years ago. There wasn't a huge buck, but it was a nice buck. And I'm like walking home after hunting on a logging road pretty quietly. And all of a sudden I look over and here's this buck like 25 yards away, just stand there. So it's like, so, you know, and at the time I had my bow strapped to my backpack. So now it's in my hand always. Yeah. You just never know. Like I carry, even when I like out in South Dakota where you're putting on a shit ton of miles, I carry that damn thing. Yeah. Because uh, you just never know. Yeah. I had that one time walking out. I left my stand a little early because I was probably annoyed and pissed off because I hadn't seen anything like six hours or something <clears throat> and ran into one like that and he had no clue I was there your bow was on your pack <clears throat> um I think the biggest issue was that all my other shit was in my pack like my range finder and stuff right so I remember I shot I shot at him but it was a a guesstimate oh and I went right underneath his stomach that's one thing too uh judging distance I'm fucking terrible. And like I practice and like I just I'm useless at it. Especially when you go out in the hills and there's like like a valley in between you and it's like they feel like they're sixty yards away and they're like forty. Okay. Because yeah. uh, I'm just terrible at it. <laughs> Thank God for rangefinders, because if it wasn't for that, man, I wouldn't be able to shoot anything over like twenty five yards. Well then so you get to, used to it too. Like you get married, you marry yourself to it like a calculator and i'm terrible at head math anymore and yeah i don't know if i could read a map anymore because a damn garmin tells me where to go <laughs> see you've probably you're young enough you've never read a map i've actually used no, to see, a goddamn would, paper would, map to get to spring I would, break i would agree that there's probably a lot of people that did that my age that haven't but i've always been such a freak about um like the way you get places and always trying to find the fastest route i'm still like it that I used to, as a kid, like my pastime in a car was just reading maps. <laughs> that is a weird kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Like I still, I still do it. I still fight with like Apple maps and stuff. like, I can, cause like right when the first GPS came out, like you could beat them by a lot, you know, like they weren't always the fastest time and I would just put it in the GPS, but then I would make my own route and then like right. keep track in my mind, like competition, like who is better, like me or the GPS. Well, now Apple Maps, you can't even you can't even fucking try to beat them because they're they don't take they're into good. account. Oh yeah, they don't take into account bathroom breaks. They don't take into account shit. Yeah, I tried beating uh, Garmin one time. I'm like, ah, oh, this can't be right. Oh, she was right. <laughs> so now when I just whatever Garmin tells me, I'm I'm down. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, especially like when you even like Wyoming, like it is down to the minute and the only reason why it's late is because you're you stop and because of your what you do yeah they're amazing but uh, yeah a lot of a lot of lost skills out there but i'm um when i was a kid my uncle taught me to bow hunt and uh, i didn't have sights on my boat it was all um instinctive <laughs> shooting which is probably why it took me a few years to kill a deer because i missed the damn many times i had <laughs> no sight pins whatsoever so now i'm i'm pretty pretty reliant on that stuff but I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not ready for the whole, whole uh, recurve longbow um, stuff yet. Maybe someday, but I. Yeah. Do you shoot a, a adjustable pin or multiple pins? I have multiple pins. <clears throat> Which I think I do. Yeah. And I don't have. A, I don't have a 
it, it, there's no reason behind it besides that's just what the site had had on my last bow and I haven't upgraded it or changed it and I like it. Right. Yeah. I like it, especially in Wisconsin, like yeah. when you're in a situation where there's boom, range fine, you got one shooting lane, you gotta go. I could definitely see out west though, because yeah. like those uh those movable pins, you know, you're they're down to like the yard. Yeah. A lot of them. <clears throat> Pros and cons to everything. How many grain broadhead do you shoot? Uh I think it's a hundred. 150, whatever that rate. I do the uh, um, their new hypodermic where there isn't a just two blade. Yeah, it's probably 100. That's what I'm thinking about next year price switch. I don't know because I got heavy arrows, shoot 80 pounds. You know why am I not using 125 pound? Oh, you shoot 125? Is that what I yeah. shoot? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. Know. I just told them to put the highest they had it. I think it's 70 though. Yeah, you have to get special limbs. Oh, okay. Limbs with it. So it's yeah, like, shoot crazy. super hard, big, big why not guy. have... Big tough guy. No, no, big not at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's really not hard. It's not that. It's just, I've, uh, too many times, it's like, if you have the ability to shoot a heavy arrow faster that can bust through some bones, why not, right? Oh, think, it, about, think about what it gives you on a whitetail. Yeah. If you can drive it through the front shoulder, your, your shot range is, like, doubled. Yeah, and it's like, so why not use a little heavier um because i got the the front weighted brass insert but I, I should go a little heavier broadhead i was thinking because i got the you know it's got the strength of you know why not yeah so i'm gonna do that next year and then um yeah i do the the uh mechanical two blade as well um but yeah why not i know he, i don't know if you know ray howell he's the older guy but he's a kind of a bow hunting legend from the area you know ray mm-hmm so his trophy room will have like every big game animal you can imagine that he's killed with his bow. And he's known for many years ago, he shoots a fixed, fixed two blade, um, shooting a cannon half from a hundred yards, but I'm um, pretty sure he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot a, uh, pretty sure I got to ask him, but the rumor was a hundred pound bow. Jesus. What is he? Yeah. He's a world-class power lifter too. Oh, well, that helps. Yeah. But, um, the, um, you know what I mean? It's like, God, 100-pound bow, heavy arrow, heavy broadhead. Do you think 10 pounds matter a lot? Because I shoot 70. I just, I don't, I mean, I don't really notice anything on it. I don't know. I'd have to I don't know how it. high I'd be able to go. I'd, I'd have, you know, an easy task, right? could take your bow and my bow and just see what the arrow yeah. speed is. Plus the arrow weight, obviously, you have to shoot the same arrow. Right. And just see what the speed is. But, you know, I think, it, gosh, nowadays with technology, and the different, you know, the technology, the cams and the bows, they shoot so damn fast. And um, I'm to the point where I think so many brands are so good because all the technology is so damn good. It's just a matter of practicing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I could ask Anthony that, like, what the uh, feet per second difference is when you change by, from 10 pounds. All that. I, I probably should stay lower anyway. The shoulder extended out like that. It gets weird. Yeah. But yeah, you got to, and then too, you got to be able to pull it back. Obviously, if you've been sitting cold for three hours, right? Yeah. But if there's a decent, I've never buck, had that issue though. I don't, I don't know. I, it, all, your, your body just kicks in. I've never experienced, I don't even remember ever pulling my bow back. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like getting warmed up for a workout, all that is, is trying to get some stress hormones pumping. And uh, when you're hunting in, in that moment, there's plenty of stress hormones. So you're super, super warm. But, yeah. I had it happen once when I was a little kid, like 12 years old, cranked up my bows. I thought I was tough. <laughs> These dogs are in front of me looking at this idiot just trying to pull his bow back with all of his might. 
and I couldn't do it. And then I dropped my arrow. <laughs> but all right, what is, so what is today is Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. man, I got to be in a conference all day to tomorrow, all day Saturday, half day Sunday. So, yeah, if I get out, it won't be until um, midweek next week. And then I have to decide on Monday. On Monday, I'll decide if I'm staying here and chasing that 10-pointer or if I'm going to head out to South Dakota. Right. Because, yeah, what do you feel? So tomorrow, Monday, what's the date on Monday? 21st. Oh, man. It's going to rain Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Because I have, like, babysitters planned, so I don't have – I have all those days free. It's like, man, I could get some serious good Wisconsin hunting in. Good problem to have, man. Options. Cool options. Yeah. But I'm going to go check some trail cameras before it gets too late. Are you going right now? Yeah, I'm going to run there quick. Oh, sweet. Send me some pictures. Hopefully you got some monsters. Will do, man. All right. Have a good one. You too.